All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, March 30th, 2020. I am your host, Detroit sports writer Noel Bianchi, here today, as always, with longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith. Ethan, how's What's the quarantine going? going? On, Nolan, how are you? I'm all right. I'm just, uh, you know, shacked up in this uh, in my bedroom here, trying to uh, outlast this virus. I do. I am feeling pretty good today. There's, I, I, uh, I had a great weekend for one specific reason. And uh, if you're a listener of this show, then I think you might know what it is. But we obviously. We'll get into this more on Thursday and Friday. So once we welcome Sergio Colchester back on to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, but we put out a listener's poll. If you haven't checked it out, go do that for our Red Wings March Madness 64 Greatest Red Wings of All Time Tournament. We ran through the round of 64 last Thursday and Friday. There was one big upset in the first round. It was an 11 seed, Tyler Bertuzzi, or a 14 seed, Tyler Bertuzzi, over a three seed, Sid Abel. Which made Ethan lose his mind. Uh, Ethan, er, er, Sergio and I were on the winning side of that. You know, we, we, we didn't know how it would go over online, but you, the listeners, came through in the clutch. And Tyler Bertuzzi came up with a win in both the podcast bracket and the listeners bracket. So I just would like to get your reaction to that. I, I just don't get how Red Wings fans cannot just Google somebody's name because I know he's from a long time ago, guys. And I know, okay, I also know that I about skipped on every other name that I didn't know. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what caused me to just Google Sid Abel's name. But, wow, he was one of the best hockey players of all time, and he just lost on both polls. I have no clue how that happened. I know. Sorry, you know, sorry imagine, I'm a factual guy. Imagine what would have happened had you Googled Marcel Pronovost or Frank Mahavlich or yeah, no, and or Norm Ullman or two. Norm Ullman as well. You know, you were being pretty disrespectful to the old guy, so I don't really feel too bad about going against you in the sense, but it still feels good to be validated by the listeners. You know, I just. <laughs> This is, we live in a time where, you know, everything's just new and cool and it's just the, the ways of the past, it just doesn't matter anymore, I guess. It's fine though. It's fine though. I'm here for it. It did come as a pretty big shock. I'm not going to lie and say that I wasn't like extreme, like I wasn't (laughs) freaking out when I checked the poll and I saw that he had a shot to win. And it was really funny because like he was losing by like 10%. It was like 60, 40. And uh, he just he just made a push right as the poll was coming to a close and finished with, like, 52% of the vote. It was spectacular. I Make sure to you go. And, you uh, and, hey, you and Sergio definitely made, like, five or six burner accounts <laughs> just to pass him through. It's ridiculous. I'm not going to lie. I voted for him on, uh, on my personal account. But let's keep in mind, I am a, I'm a technically a listener of the show. Uh, so, yeah, I don't feel bad about it. If you haven't done that already, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. We've been tweeting out the uh, the brackets, the podcasts, the listener polls, uh, so we can you know figure out where you guys stand. Obviously, you guys are great listeners, very smart. And it's not one of those things either where uh, like only six people voted and like there were just four idiots who decided to be funny. Like there were like fifty something votes on that thing. And yeah, it was a, it was a narrow margin, but Tyler Bertuzzi did take the victory. Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised with how much action we got because there was a lot of polls too like it wasn't mm-hmm. just like you know who do you think was the biggest upset like we just we threw it really out there for everybody just to because we want to gauge what everybody else thinks and i mean i was pretty impressed with it it was cool 
Uh, yeah, and, and uh, there were really no other surprises other than that matchup. To, uh, or the one thing that was kind of a surprise but ultimately ended up going to the higher seed was uh, El Sabaka versus Dan Cleary. Dan Cleary, a lot of love from the Red Wings fans. He almost beat out El Sabaka. Hey, you know, agree to disagree, guys. I love Dan Cleary. Dan Cleary is one of those guys that just he just holds a place in your heart forever. He's had some big goals in his Red Wings career. Like you think back to that game seven against Anaheim. I'm pretty sure he had a game winning goal to go to the cup. So he, I know, he was like, not a great player by any means, but he had, he created moments. And plus two, like the guys on spit and chicklets talk about how much of a, just a good guy he is. Oh yeah. And that's also evident to where, uh, when he signed, he re-signed with us and we just sent him down as that dude yeah. that could help get these younger, younger guys comfortable and show them the ways and stuff like that. Cause it's not like he was just a, you know, two-way player for the majority of his career. This guy was, he was, he had a lot of NHL seasons. So, I mean, Hey, more power to him. I mean, I just like to be controversial sometimes to say I don't like people. No, no. Hey, we're uh, we're all very aware of that. We all are. uh, I like disagreeing with you too. It's just fun to disagree with you. Well, you know what? Uh, So here, let me let me check. Dan Cleary almost played a thousand NHL games. He finished with nine hundred thirty-eight games, three hundred eighty-seven points. So like a point every three games. I mean, what 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 more can you expect? Hey, you know, he was a thirteenth overall pick. Organization, thirteenth overall pick too. Hey, Newfoundland. First, first Newfoundlander to go or something like that. Uh, okay. We got some things to get to today. Uh, first off, we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the Detroit free press did a simulation of, uh, of the tankathon.com site. If you've never been to the site, basically it just lists out all the draft lottery odds that every team has, and you can click, uh, what's, you know, run the, run the simulation. It's basically just an NHL draft, uh, lottery simulator. Uh, so they ran it 50 times. This article is put out by Marlo Alter of the Detroit Free Press. Um, so here's here's some of the results. We got the Red Wings, out of those 50 tries, only got the first pick seven times. Jesus. Not great. Not great. No, not Ottawa great. Senators got the pick 12 times. Now, they uh, <clears throat> they are just benefiting insanely from that from that trade that sent Eric Carlson uh, to San Jose because San Jose not having a very good year and they are finishing with uh, the third worst record in all of hockey. So Ottawa has a second bad year for them. I know. And it really is. It's something I really actually kind of struggle with wrapping my head around, like how they just had so many injuries, man. Yeah. I mean, they had, they had all of their, I'd say four other top six players on offensive like it missed at least four months e- or four weeks each at yeah. least. This yeah. Year. But so, still I mean, it's like to finish they got Martin Jones too. They got Martin Jones as their goalie. <laughs> I, I don't think he's had over. Yeah. I don't think he's had like an over 900 save percentage in like three years, but they're still riding with him. It's yeah. wild. I respect it. Another team who, uh, who shocked the world a little bit. So it goes Detroit got it seven times. Ottawa got it 12 times, six each. Uh, between the second and third picks. Uh, Los Angeles Kings got it five times. Uh, then it's Anaheim and New Jersey with four, Buffalo with five. Uh, a team that really outperformed their expectations was the Minnesota Wild. They're sitting right there at 11. I'm not sure off the top of my head like what the odds were for the 11th place team, uh, but they won it four times, so more than half as much as the Red Wings did. It just goes to show you that these uh, – 
these things can be kind of stupid sometimes. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Chicago had like a 0.5% chance and got in it last year, so what can you do? They've been in there for a couple seasons really, really far up there. Which brings me to my next point, and that is I would love to get your thoughts on just what you think uh, about there being a conspiracy in the NHL draft lottery to get the bigger market teams into those top draft slots. Are you somebody who buys into those allegations that the league sometimes has tossed its way? I, I don't like to say that things are fixed like sports wise. I think there's just too, you know, there's too many things that can go on in a game for you to really kind of control it. Unless you're mobbing up a ref like the NBA had a couple of years ago. Right. Then, then that's, you know, and plus the NBA is pretty easy to, to fix from an at ref standpoint, but it's harder in other sports, especially hockey. But okay, it just Pittsburgh is in bankruptcy. Lemieux is trying to help them, and <laughs> wouldn't you know it, they get Sidney Crosby. You know, yeah. And there was some stuff behind there. I mean, really turned that franchise around. And the NHL has obviously made a ton of money off Pittsburgh with three cups in the last however many years. Yeah. And then you go to Edmonton, who is in the shitter for, what, 10 years? Oh, and they time. got – that. it's between them and Buffalo, and, of course, they get McDavid. <laughs> I, I put out a – somebody ran a thing the other day. It was like, what's been your worst sports take in the last 10 years? And I just put in quotes, better start hopping on the <laughs> Oilers bandwagon now. And they're just like me every year from 2009 to 2013. Uh, just – Anyways, they, go Jesus. on. Poor Edmonton. <laughs> And the, so what in the in the last couple of years they had the Rangers and Chicago jumping up to original six teams. Kind of surprised me they had the Devils, but in I mean, it, if team, yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs get yeah. Austin Matthews. Actually, I don't know how far they jumped for that, but uh, I don't know if they jumped at all. Were they the worst team in the league the year yeah. before that? Yeah. Okay. Well, still, you know, they got the pick. Uh, I mean, I a lot of times when you're looking at it, and at least in the last couple of years, besides the McDavid draft, there hasn't been a huge difference in, wow, this guy is so monumentally better. Like Elias Pettersson in, oh, shoot, shoot, no one. What draft was Pettersson, the uh, guy? Darn it. Was that 18? It must have been 18. Uh, I think it was 17. 17. Yeah, he went fifth overall to the Vancouver Canucks. So you got him at five. I mean, I guess besides Dolan's year at 18, Sveshnikov's really started to come in, but that isn't, wasn't even necessarily one of the best drafts. I guess oh, you could that's say Brady Chuck would be up there, too. That's a, that's a that's, different draft. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, 2018. Oh, you're talking about 2018. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, it's, there isn't, like, at least in the last couple of years, there hasn't been a huge jump. I mean, the mm-hmm. 2019 draft – had three guys, the top three picks didn't have over 20 points. And you could say this is a different year since Lafreniere has been such a standout. But, I mean, there's still going to be prizes to get at two, three, and four if we go all the way down to four. I know, and that's the thing is that, like, one thing that I really struggle with is, like, outside – I mean, even when you do have that number one uh, overall pick, like – Sometimes that one doesn't pan out, but a lot of drafts, when you look at them, it'll have, you know, the clear cut number one. And then sometimes two through four is a little bit wonky. I mean, if you look at that uh, 
2017 draft, like I was just talking about, like Nico Heischer goes uh goes first overall he's had a pretty productive nhl career got 135 points over uh three seasons um you know nolan patrick goes second overall he hasn't made that much of a difference uh and then kale mccarr uh going to colorado he is you know he's kind of the odd man out of that top three but then him and Pedersen, who go four and five end up being kind of the stars of the draft class uh, yep. uh it's tough we should, should probably mention Michael Rasmussen also went in that draft as well at number nine. I believe that was the first time the Red Wings had a top 10 pick uh, throughout this rebuild. I mean, honestly, if you're looking at Rasmussen and the guys that went after him, like Owen Tippett, Gabe Velarde, like these Martinikas, I guess, in Carolina is coming on at least a little bit this year. Nick Suzuki had a great year for Montreal this year, but I mean, Nick Suzuki's all the way at 13 and we got Rasmussen at nine. I mean, you never know what the upside of bigger guys just takes him a little bit longer to get in. But, I mean, I was really high on Casey Middlestad that went to Buffalo right before mm-hmm. us. I really wanted him to fall to us. But, I mean, there hasn't even been that much of a difference between Rasmussen or Middlestad. So. Or Elias Anderson. Elias Anderson's essentially a bust for the Rangers, who asked for a trade this year, too. Yeah, and we are going to get a little bit more into, you know, who those top four or five picks were over the past couple of years on tomorrow's episode, I think. Uh, because I think it's worth pointing out, like I just mentioned, that uh, a top four, uh, you know, a top four pick is a top four pick. And within that, unless there is a generational talent, uh, the chips pretty much just kind of tend to fall randomly. Uh, but I, I did – I did – just want to ask about the whole, you know, conspiracy thing because I'm just wondering where are Red Wings fans at with how they think they're like looked at by the rest of the league? Because I remember, like, especially back in like 2008, 2009, when you know they're in the playoffs, they're playing Sidney Crosby, and they're, the the consensus is Gary Bettman hates the Red Wings, doesn't want the Red Wings to win. You know, it was there's a myriad of playoff calls over the years that you could point to and make that argument for they've fallen every single year that they've been in the draft lottery since they started rebuilding. And I'm not saying that that in and of itself is a conspiracy, but you would think that if there was a team who would benefit from, you know, conspiracies to push the, the top brands to the top, the Red Wings would benefit from it. And so far in this, in these draft lotteries, at least they have not at all. It's one of those things that you hate how the lottery works if you're a bottom three pick. But, you know, when we were sitting at nine and 10 it, or like, you know, nine and six, it's, there's a little bit like, all right, like there's an, uh, there's a chance. It's not mm-hmm. like we have a 0.5% or the teams just go ranked, you know, from 16 to four and then the top three of the lottery, which right now, I mean, I wouldn't, I would prefer that over what we're doing, but it just kind of hurts more too when there's like a standout guy like Lafreniere who's gonna yes. who's gonna be a difference on the team, like how how unbelievable he was this year. It's it's it sucks that we only have a fifteen or an eighteen point five percent chance. I know, and like that would just make this rebuild so much more uh, on just a day to day basis. Whenever we do return to the NHL, we should point out by the way that the NHL officially postponed. Uh, the draft lottery, I believe, is supposed to be held on April 9th. Um, yep. Does not look like that's obviously going to take place anymore. But they officially they didn't say when it would happen. You know, one thing uh, is like everything's so up in the air right now. Bill Daly said that uh, I think who 
what's his official title? He's like, I don't know. He's a high ranking official within the league, but he basically came out uh, today and said, you know, we have no timeline. Um, you know, we're looking at this that says uh, we might be able to have gatherings of less than a thousand people by this time. But like two Colorado avalanche players just pe- tested positive for coronavirus. So I don't, I, I mean, everybody keeps pushing for like, Hey, we're going to get the season done. We're going to get the season done. But I think there's so many, like spokes in the wheel that need shined up before you can think about rolling it out for to finish out the season that I just do not see it happening. Look, this is everybody that's paying attention to the news and how this whole thing is going down. It's going to take a long time. Like mm-hmm. if you can, if you show, if you can show, don't show signs of the sickness up to 14 days. Like that's going to be more than your, we're going to need more than a three week shutdown for us to really have a handle on this. And that's just, and we still have two weeks before that. So you could say there's another, like how Italy and Spain both did it. They've added weeks onto this quarantine saying Mm -hmm. like, Hey, this is what we need to do to get a handle on it. It'll be better in the long run, but it's, it's obvious that we won't be seeing NHL hockey unless the virus takes it slows down when it really starts warming up here, but that's still in June. You know, there's going to be, a, it's going to be at least until June before we have any chance. And it's good that these, you know, leagues are now getting on top of that where they're like, look, this is what, this is all the only thing that's going to happen. If well, there's anything to like add to that point, the NA, so the NHL, they like set up a bunch of like player conferences over zoom like a bunch of the the league's top players. And I think I can't remember who I saw this quote relayed from. Uh, I, I believe it was just NHL.com, frankly. But, um, you know, they talked to Connor McDavid, and he's like, I mean, they – he basically said that they have to, if they're going to, you know, do some sort of postseason tournament or whatever ends up being the case, like you got to play some regular season games before that happens. He's like, you can't have, you know, us against the Flames – as as huge as that rivalry is after four months of not playing hockey at all. And then just to throw us into a playoff series with the flames, like that's what it would be right now. And that's just not safe. It's not conducive to, you know, the entertainment value that the NHL is trying to bring the, the elite level of play that we're all used to seeing. I just think that there's too many steps to, to doing something this season. I, I just, I don't know. I know. I really, it's, it's just, and I get, too and bad I, everything is one. I mean, one more thing. I get why the NHL hasn't said the season's done yet, but at the same time, yeah. like people are, are holding out hope when they really shouldn't be. It's just not, I mean, I could see like, if we do like a five game thing, cause I mean, players like the NHL has obviously looked into, you know, Hey, when are you guys like arena times availability in like August and stuff? So like yeah. they're they're keeping all their options open, but it should just be with really uh what like held back expectations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I don't think I mean my whole thing is like why would you make like okay, say you got a team like the Red Wings, why would you make their European players like come back for five games for a training camp and then five games? Yeah. And then I don't know. The whole thing makes no sense to me in terms of a shortened season. I think, uh, I don't think there's going to be NHL hockey. I'm going to keep 
being a leader of that take. I don't, I don't know why uh, it feels like, it feels like I'm the only one and maybe, you know, everybody works in media. They won't, don't want to make any definitive statements, but like, it feels like there's not a lot of people who have like come to grips with this reality yet, but I just don't see the, any way that the NHL crowns a champion this year without severely hampering how they, you know, the, the, the quality or the standard that I think we're all used to seeing. I mean, you could say that could be like a three-game three game regular season when they come back. Like, it has to be shortened if you're going to do 10 games, or at least it, the schedule would have to be incredibly compressed if you want to still give players some time off before training camp, you know? Right. It's exa- rough. But it's I really, think it's, no, there's no way to really speculate what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's just like when you think, and Ted kind of touched on this last week, but like when you think about pushing – this back late into the summer and then you have the the team who wins the stanley cup like okay then they have you know x amount of months to do this that, or the other thing i don't know the only way i see it happening is if they don't start the next season until uh new year's or christmas but that's just me yeah i mean oh jesus it'd just be wild i really want to see hockey on my birthday my birthday's in the middle of september like that would be cool give me a stanley cup final game on my birthday i already <laughs> couldn't see fans in an arena like in or like you know an empty game yeah. you know it just i want to i wanted to hear that in a sport i don't care if it was you know nba or you know the nhl i got to see it in the i don't know if you saw it in the ufc when they held that one in brazil with zero fans no i didn't but i did see oh, dude, uh, was, wwe so was weird. was doing some stuff yeah. with no fans steve austin came out he was doing the what give yeah. me a hell he yeah just sat there yeah yeah it was pretty it was pretty hilarious actually i <laughs> uh, know like in the ufc like these people would be like the announcers getting into it like there's fans there yeah but then he introduces them and you know it's like whatever yeah, it's conor mcgregor and then you could just, all you hear is the coach go boop i need that i need that and like uh at the td garden like bruins lightning you know big big goal and it's just right. yeah just just one guy uh goal horn <laughs> well i think just that just about uh, i i think that just about does it for today's episode like i said on tomorrow's episode we are going to kind of run through the top five draft picks or maybe maybe we'll go like five through you know top seven uh, and then also just take a look back at, at the NHL drafts of the last five years and check out what has gone on in those top four slots because I think there's a lot of worry right now. The Red Wings are going to fall out of that number one pick. Um, the odds are that they will. So we're going to try and put your mind at ease, see if we can't come up with uh, some, some you know, cherry pick statistics or facts that you know, might, might help you feel better as we head towards this draft lottery. Sounds good to me. Uh, yeah, be sure to follow us on Twitter already. If you haven't done that already, L O underscore Red Wings. Like I said, we're going to be continuing our March Madness tournament. We got the round of 32 with Sergio Colchester coming up on Thursday and Friday's episodes. And, uh, there you'll be able to keep up with the listeners bracket, our bracket. And, uh, hopefully we're going to push Tyler Bertuzzi all the way to a final four appearance. So we will see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place.